When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Hey, everyone. You're listening to Human to Human, the show that connects truths and bridges the gaps between our human experiences, one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and I'm so glad you're here. This episode's special guest is Ariel Storia, amazing spoken word poet, author, and speaker. In this human to human conversation, y'all, me and Ariel do a deep dive into the deconstruction of the good girl syndrome. You know exactly what I'm talking about. We talk through the grief of growing, the reimagining of self-trust, and not allowing our past to dictate our future. This conversation, honestly, it brought me so much healing and hope, and I suspect that it's going to do the same thing for you, if not so much more. Before each episode, I give a few recommendations inspired by the conversation that you're about to hear. I share a song to add to your playlist and a book to check out. I also share a reflection question based on something that was sparked in the episode. So... Here goes. This week's song to put on repeat, and I do mean repeat, is No One's in the Room by Jesse Reyes. This week's read is Conversations with God by Donald Walsh, and the reflection question is, am I living true to myself? Don't hesitate to leave your response in the comments or at stacyack.com. Now, let's get into this conversation with my girl, Ariel. How are you doing? I'm good. You know, it's Friday. I take it literally one day at a time. So in this present moment, um, I'm doing okay. You know, I don't know what five o'clock is going to look like. You right. know, like, I don't know what three o'clock is going to look like. But in this present moment, um, I'm doing great. I worked out this morning. I got some coffee. I got some writing in. So I'm feeling full right now. I'm feeling full. I love yeah. that. I have to make sure I also- How are you? Yeah, no, today was one of those days I had to make sure that I also fill my cup as much as possible because mm-hmm. I feel like you know, it's Friday. It was one of those days where you have to remind yourself that, Hey, whatever I did this week doesn't define me on all the stuff I didn't do. It doesn't define me like all those things. That's my Friday moment. So I definitely feel like it was was that, um, you guys are going to be watching this on Wednesday and low key hump day is the same thing. You're always like, okay, (laughs) what is like, it's always like that. So they bring something new. Um, we've just, we've had so many incredible conversations throughout this pandemic that truly I have to say have lifted me up and really felt seen. And I hope it's mm-hmm. felt the same for you. And yeah. so I'm really excited for us to talk through the deconstruction of the good girl. Mm. 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 Okay. That's where we're going. Okay. Yeah. That's where All right. Here we go. I, I surprised her guys. Cause I was like, did you want to know what happened? She's like, oh girl, just let me know on the show. I said, okay, girl. Okay. I never want to know ahead of time. Good, good, good. So. I first want to ask you, what is your relationship with yourself right now in one word? How would you describe your relationship? I would say that the relationship with myself is kind of a twofold. Uh, It's kind of a healing space, um, but it's also kind of a returning space at the same time. So I'm really teetering on, on those two words. Can you talk through each of those? What does the healing mean? Yeah. Returning. 
Um, I was like just reflecting this morning on just this past year. I'm like hitting a year mark of probably one of the most um, transformational and hardest years that I've been coming out of um, and and kind of looking at the debris of all of that um, and knowing that I'm a lot more healed than I was a few months ago. Um, you know, I was very triggery. My anxiety was super high off of certain things. Um, and, and now I'm at a space where I'm like, okay, we are settling into this present reality. And though it looks different um, from where we're coming from, different doesn't always mean bad, you know, or negative or wrong. And so that's where the healing space is coming out of, of just being less triggered by things, um, of being less anxious about things, of, of carrying uh, less weight about who and how I'm supposed to operate in this world. And then the returning is, as I talked about it this morning on my, on my Instagram post, it's like this, this moment where when change happens, when you start to notice, you know, that you've grown and that you've expanded, there's this immediate look in the mirror where it's like, oh my gosh, like, who is that, you know? And it's a, it's a distant and yet somewhat familiar response. And then you have the voices and the narratives from people around you. And it's, oh, you're different. I don't recognize you anymore. You know, it's this and it's this. And then all of those voices, which assume to be negative at first or, or a negative response or, or are speaking into something that maybe you've missed, ends up turning into finally facing the mirror yet again. And you're like, oh, it's actually a there you are, not who's that, but there you are and there you've always been. Um, and so that's where the returning part is where I'm at right now, where I'm having this moment with myself in the mirror and it's like, oh, not who's that, there you are. Like, cause that's always been a part of who you're supposed to become and unfolded into. So yeah, that's the healing and returning space that I think I'm in. I love that girl. That was such an incredible depiction of just the realness of both of those, those, you know, spots and spaces and what those spaces feel like and look like. Um, This question was actually something I was going to ask you later, but since you just brought it up, how do you respond when people tap into your upgrade or your Mm. new edits, as they say, or Mm. your changes? How do you respond when people tap that out? Um, I think the first response we want to have is is denial. Like it's, it's almost like the stages of grief, if you will. Um, And a lot of times for me, I found when I was denying it, like, no, you're wrong. No, I'm not this. I'm not that. I haven't, you know, I'm, I'm this, this, you know, (laughs) and, 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 and the reality is I, I have changed, you know, like I, I did change and I did um, shift and, and that denial was just because I hadn't seen it or I had, and it was just like, yeah, but this is probably just a phase, you know, like that. I don't think that's really who I'm, who I'm stepping into. And so I think the first step was like denial. And then the second was just like crying. Like I am a very emotional feeler person. And so when those conversations did come up from people, they usually resulted in just me just sobbing. And I think the tears were coming from confusion. Um, I think the tears were coming from 
um, the, the language that was being used was one of uh, supposedly love, um, but it felt like I was being attacked and shamed more so um, than it was being called out or challenged or, or acknowledged for where I was growing and how was it how I was expanding and so the the second phase was just like a lot of tears a lot of just like no you know like just no just like a right. sobbing no right. um and then it comes to again this this space of of acceptance of like yes I have grown yes I have expanded yes I have changed thank you for acknowledging that instead of you know right. you don't know me x y and z it's like oh you you saw that Right. Okay, that's great because this work has been like super internal and I didn't think it would ever show face or bloom um, for people to see, but clearly it has. So thank you for that confirmation. Thank you for, for that reminder um, that I am not stagnant and still that I'm constantly a human being and to be something there's like this ever changing and moving and shifting that happens. And so those were kind of like the phases I think that I personally experienced. Do you think, do you think that in your, in your space that that is similar or, or did you respond? Do you respond differently? Well, I really appreciate you putting the word denial out there because I mm -hmm. thought I was being, um, I realized in that, just in you giving that permission, like, oh, you were denying this out of this. Like I just right. had a conversation about this um, and I was right. I, I get very defensive when people call mm -hmm. up changes because I'm still in the mm -hmm. middle of changing. And so because mm -hmm. I haven't decided, is it a permanent change or not? I kind of rather you yeah. not say anything, but since we right. do it inside and stay yes. inside, we have to go outside. And, and it was a lot. I mean, I, I'm currently vegan. I, yeah. you know, I mean, literally my entire eating habits changed. The restaurant mm -hmm. I was going to change. I'm mean, like, my friends know I'm all about like that type of communal, you know, yeah. um, engagement. So just the yeah. way I did it changed, which changes, which changes a lot. Um, it, I look different. The, what I care about is different. What I talk about is different. Yeah. How I talk is different. And th right. that was a lot of changing at once, a lot of upgrading. And you're like, okay, my operating system is, is feeling out, like outside of myself almost. And mm -hmm. then while it's happening other people are pointing it out like i mean right. my defense level was not cute i was like why am i upset that you notice that why would i be upset yeah. that? that's crazy well but i think the upsetting comes from they're they're presenting it to us everybody loves mcdonald's fries so yes you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home um but the bag did feel a little light it's not presented as I noticed this. Let's talk more about that. It's like I noticed this. This is wrong. Or I noticed this. We need to take this out. You know, I noticed this. Or I see this and it's not good. You know, and so that's, I think that's where a lot of uh, the initial trigger placements get, you know, implemented is like when it's being called out or spoken over us. Yeah, it's not in a light where we would walk away feeling like, oh, good, I am working no, towards fullness. Right. I am right. working. It's more right. so just like, oh, it's that shame narrative, you know, that's being um, implemented, and and that's where I really think of like, why am I being, you know, why am I being defensive? And there is that quote where it's like, you know, if you're defensive about something, that you're not, you're not, you know, in a space to change, or or maybe you need to listen to that calling out. 
which I think there's a level of truth to that, but I also think a lot of it has to do with how we're being called out. Right. Are we being called called um, into, right? I don't think it's about being called out of, but a called into something. Are you being called into um, love? Are you being called into fullness? Are you being challenged, you know, out of smallest? And so I really think it's about the presentation of how these conversations start in the first place and, and less about how, a lot about how we respond to it. But I mean, again, that cause and effect, it starts with the cause, you know, so if the cause is shame filled and anxiety driven, then obviously our response <laughs> will be something that's similar until we step back. Yeah. That's a beautiful yeah. point because I have also learned, because first let's, I have to validate how you said people truly are not all well-versed in the calling out or the calling in. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. We don't mm -hmm. all have the skill. And so sometimes you're like, Hey, as a friend, I'd like to help with that skill because the way that that just right. showed up for me, it wasn't safe. And I don't feel like I can give you my upgrades because of X, Y, Z. Now, the other thing I'm making sure to do in my self-awareness journey is making sure I'm responding to what's happening versus what I feel is happening or mm -hmm. what I think is happening or my interpretation right. of what's happening. So sometimes right. when a friend says like, oh my God, I didn't know you started doing that. They might really just not know you started doing that. But because totally. of my moment, I'm like, you didn't, you know, just, just be like a whole thing. You'd be like, okay, I think the person was just curious that you started doing that, you know, whatever that thing is. So teaching myself to make sure my responses are not out of my fear and owning those, yeah. I think you said so well, owning that change and being okay with like, right. I'm not stagnant. You're right. And I did start doing that. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah, yep. so good, so good. So I want to go back to the beginning of why I even wanted to have this conversation with you. So can you go give us a little bit of background to how you were raised? Um, one thing we related on so beautifully was that we're both the oldest. And being mm -hmm. the oldest girl, it hit yeah. me, people. It hit different, okay? <laughs> uh, can we talk about, on your end, how that hits? Um, what yeah. you like as a young girl? Yeah, well, growing up, you know, as the oldest, growing up, um, I didn't necessarily grow up as a pastor's kid, but I became a pastor's kid in my preteen years. Um, but always growing up, you know, grew up as the oldest, and I'm the oldest of five kids. And um, and and there was just that level of just like I have to do the things, you know, like I have to set the example, I have to be the president, you know, like I am in charge of clearing the path of making sure it's the right path, of making sure there's nothing on the path, <laughs> you know, like I have to. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the first, you know, my parents, my dad specifically, he calls me alpha, you know, um, and that's a, I mean, that's a weighty, that's a weighty nickname, alpha, the first, you know, the beginning, um, and, and, and I carried that so much, um, not only just in how I cared for my sisters and my brother, but also how the decisions I made were around that, that weight, you know, um, and, and so, the whole good girl was like, I was the child who got in trouble less, you know, than, than my siblings. And if I did, it was, you know, it was, oh, it just shook my, my whole world. Like I got in trouble, you know, like I disappointed someone like wreck me. And so a lot of the decisions I'd be you know, I made even as a kid onto being a teenager, onto being, you know, an adult was, don't get in trouble, you know, like set the example, um, don't rock the boat, you know, um, sit down, close your legs, be quiet, don't giggle in the back of the church, you know, like, it just was like, 
all of that, you right. know, um, ingrained into how I orchestrated and, and the decisions, the decisions I made, you know, um, and then came a point in, in, in my life where, uh, I, it wasn't necessarily that I wasn't behaving, um, but it was not the precedent that they thought I was going to be setting. Mm. Uh, and then Talk that's about when, that. So there was a pivot. Yeah. There was a moment. There was a pivot. Well, yeah. because then I realized, and I really didn't learn this a whole lot until college, you know, like uh, being the oldest and going away to school so hard. That was so, so hard. Um, and I went home a lot because like, I didn't want to miss things. I still wanted to be a part of my sibling's life. I still wanted to be the oldest sister, you know? Um, and, and so even going to college, that was a big thing to like go to college away. Um, but again, it was still one that my parents, you know, accepted. Um, it was a Christian university, you know, it had all the other um, check marks that it was like still uh, a pleasing and acceptable decision to make, you know, and then I went on, you know, in college and I did, you know, extracurriculars and I did things, but for the most part, I never skirted in a territory where people would look at what I was doing or the decisions I was making and not applauding from it, you know, or not patting me on the head, if you will, you know, good girl, um, or, or that's pleasing or that's acceptable. Um, and then I think the first time that really happened was the book that my first book I wrote, I wrote with a friend who was, um, just very unpredictable. And he taught me a lot about just questions and faith and exploration and not having to be perfect. And then on all of his poems, he used, you know, he cussed in it. And, you know, that was really problematic for, for some people, you know, of just like, how are you going to associate yourself with that? And I, and I really had to fight for if people are going to encounter God, if people are going to encounter, you know, um, something bigger than us, then it has to have more than one side of the story. I'm only one side of the story and he's the other side of the story. So I went through and published it, but it was really just like, oh, she ruined her career. You know, this was not a good step for her. So that was like the first time I ever like teetered outside of the boat. I don't think I stepped out of the boat. I think I just like dipped my toe just to and see. maybe <laughs> Yeah, just to see, and then it was like, no, 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 and, but I, I had already done, I already dipped it, you know, I had already experienced it, and then recently, you know, um, getting in a space of, of, of the decision making on my future, and, and, and a big decision on my future, and it not looking like the prayers, you know, it not looking like the plan, it not looking like the speaking over um, and the calling out and, and that being really startling for a lot of realities and that being really um, unsettling and there was no applause, you know? So then I, I really teetered, you know, can I, is this a decision I can make, you know, is, can I trust? What decision where was my on mine? Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it came down to, um, the man I was marrying and, um, is, is that a decision I can make? <laughs> mm -hmm. Is, is me choosing who I love, even though it, there may not be an applause, a part of it, is that okay? You know, like it, can I make this selfish decision, mm -hmm. um, to choose myself and choose where I felt and where I knew deeply, deeper than what I felt, where, what I knew and what I discerned and what I'd been, um, um, reaching towards Can I say yes to that? Um, and, and that shook everything, you know, like my whole life, 
almost 30 years have been built on um, my friend Britt and her book, she says, is our life um, and the decisions we're making, is it based off of who we want to be and how we want to become, or is it based off of the people we don't want to disappoint? Ooh. And I had to come to the point where it was off of the ladder, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to upset people. I want people to like me. I want to be seen, you know, as the example, I want to be seen as not just a good girl, but like the example for things, you know, especially as the oldest, you're like, you're already kind of the example. And so you kind of just already fall into that role, but it was more so like, can I, do I even want to be the example, you know? And I really had to start asking myself all these questions. And so that's where uh, the foundation, you know, and the decision-making of, of the good girl mindset, which is essentially just a conditioning of smallness um, and breaking out of that and asking myself, can I make just... If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba 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 At participating McDonald's. Decisions that maybe have nothing to do with anyone else except for myself and where I feel I'm called to go next. Um, and it's terrifying, you know, like no one tells you, everyone's like, chase your dreams, you know, like right. say yes. And right. I think other people are fine with that, you know, but I had a whole internal crisis about it, you know, for months on, um, and ultimately it was like, this is my decision to make. And, and this is my calling to step into. No one else is going to step into it with you, yeah. even though we use that mindset as a lot of thinking of other people which i think is necessary um we are we are meant and called to be in community and to be in connection and there's a thread that weaves between every one of us whether we know it or not but at the same time when does it begin to hinder yeah who we are supposed to be where where who we're supposed to become and that's that's when it really started to to shake me, you know, and that's when the foundation, you know, really began to like tectonic plate, if you will. And, and, and yeah, the work started there. Yeah. Wow. Y'all I'm fighting back tears. Like she knows <laughs> this part of the journey is so tough. Mm -hmm. First of all, thank you so mm -hmm. much for sharing. That is like, yeah the epitome, I feel like, you know, when you said that some people might be okay with it, I genuinely feel like everybody, whether we talk about it or not, that's the truth. We don't feel comfortable to talk about it. We're like, am I the only one who's going through this? What's going on? Yeah. So I always share right. that, but I love, oh my gosh, you just shared so much. So I'd love to first <laughs> ask you, what do you feel like the thread, the common denominator was of all those moments that you were getting applauded? Like, what was it that they just kept applauding? Was it... Mm you know, the Christian in you, the perfection, mm -hmm. the, and because you had to like that thread, people can look for it. And then when you did right. tell them like, yeah, that's not a part of it. All of a sudden the, the applause stops. Yeah. So what did you yeah. say? The denominator between um, decisions and I think there's, there's a lot of layers to it. And some that because it's like fresh ish, I can't fully see yet. Mm. Um, but I think at least in this present moment, I would say a lot of it is, you know, people have a preconceived thought 
about you. Like we are, we are very by nature, unfortunately, judgmental people, you know, someone walks to, into a room and you have a whole, you know, subtype, how they taught you have like a whole scenario based off of them. And when that comes to people who have been around you and who have nurtured you and who have, who have loved you and who have, you know, been there, um, they, theirs are ingrained, you know, their, their notions are ingrained because, um, they, they've been around you. So they think they, they, they know all there is to know about who you are and where you're going, completely dismissing that there's a whole nother orchestration happening over your life, you know, um, outside of what they thought, you know, or how outside of how they've prayed over you or outside of, so a level of it, yes, was like, oh, the decisions I was making felt like, you know, good next steps. They were, you know, college and and a Christian university, you know, and, and being involved and, and doing what I needed to do financially to sustain myself. And then, you know, and then it was art, but not just art, but like poetry and poetry at churches, you know, there's a lot of just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, this feels like the, the trajectory that she, that she's supposed to, to be on according to my preconceived notions on who she is and where she's going mm. completely dismissing the divine orchestration already happening outside of our own preconceived ideas you know about people and and so i think the first wave of it was was that um and then the second wave of it was just like you know this Everyone, you know, a lot of, I had a lot of people speak, you know, there's a calling over your life, you know, there's a calling over your life. And when I started to like teeter in a different direction, one I still felt was my calling and one I feel still knew that was my calling, but yet there was so much backlash towards it. I was like, okay, maybe I'm completely missing what I think and feel God is telling me, you know, like I must be. Right. not all <laughs> all the way there right. and and it really came down to you like how how does someone else speak that over you you know but does god not give you anything that you would have that you would know what your next step is that you would know what your yes is that you would know the path that you were called to go on and so that's where i was like okay am i missing something you know or can they just not see it? Yeah. And I just got to make the decision anyway, you know, and, and going back to our last conversation, that's really where it was like, no, but that's, that's not where you're supposed to be going. You know, that's not what you should be doing. The suppose and the should things uh. that kind of like trap us, you know, uh, my mentor would say, stop shooting on yourself. Uh, like, because that was like, so real. I feel like, oh, I feel like I'm supposed to do this. You know, I feel like I should be doing this. Well, what, what do you want to do? You know, that is a question that I don't think women, you know, we don't get asked a whole lot. Um, Christian women, you know, faith-based people, what do you want? You know, like, oh, we can't trust our desires. You know, like we can't trust those decisions. We can't trust those answers. Um, And then what happens when, when it's like, but I'm I'm going to, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. You could be right. You could be wrong. I could be right. I could be wrong. I don't know, but all I do know is this is what I feel I'm supposed to do next. And I can't ignore that. You know, I can't shut that off. So I'm going to go, I'm going to do that. Right. And it's quiet. You know, there is no, 
There is no more applause, you know? There is no more yes. Yes, yes, yes. There, there are subtle yeses, but they're not coming from places you're you're used to. Um, they're not they're not coming from people who have walked with you necessarily, but they are setting you up for where you're going. Um, but they are setting setting you up and opening the doors um, for for the newness that you're just saying yes to blindly, you know, um, but but fully. Um, and stepping, stepping in that direction. Yeah. So how does, what I hear is a development or a new development of self-trust, right? Like a huge new development of self-trust. Yeah. Allowing yourself to go past should, to want, which unfortunately something I've been really struggling with is as a Christian woman, our wants are literally never Mm -hmm. supposed to be trusted. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because you're like every youth choir, every every church group, every there was there was no moments. Nobody says something about what you. You're like, mm-hmm. I never asked us that. Like I didn't even realize we were just going along with it. I'm like, that is an issue. An issue. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. with yeah. that, um, and I and and having a, a pastor as a dad and and a mom who you know is in that space. How did you communicate? your boundaries with your self-trust when what was the now relationship with boundaries that started um occurring and erupting in a moment of yeah i have to learn self-trust with also inevitably means i have boundaries on how much you can speak into what i want for myself right well i think at first there's a lot of listening you know a lot of taking in because of the relationship you have with them because of the longevity, you know, um, and connection. Um, and then it became a listening and, and the phrase of like, you know, take, take the meat and leave the bones. And I had to do that myself of like, okay, that I, I can take that with me that I'm not taking with me, you know, and it wasn't necessarily something you communicate at first. It's something you just start doing on your own until then i think where boundaries come in is where it becomes hard to do that it becomes hard to just take you know what serves you and leave what doesn't like uh the other party kind of makes that really hard to do um and so then it becomes a i have i can no longer sort this internally you know on my own i now have to communicate that this is the work i've been doing internally um and now make it an external conversation because otherwise it's hindering me from doing the internal work and so it just came you know to the point of i love you thank you um but this is not a conversation we can have, you know, or this is a space where I need to step back or if we could just take a moment, you know, and just having to communicate those things. Um, and, and then it, it and sometimes it involves just a, a stepping back, you know, a distancing, uh, I can't hear myself, you know, I can't hear if God is speaking to me in the first place because all these other voices are so- When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. So loud 
And that is when it, that's where I think when boundaries are, are really needing to take place is when I can't, I can't hear myself. I can't hear God speaking to me. I can't hear, I, I don't even know what I'm hearing anymore. Um, and so then, you know, having that conversation of like, I'm, I'm stepping back <laughs> for a moment, you know, I need, I need, I need a second. I just need a second, you know? Um, and, and I just think of how often, you know, in the Bible even references Jesus going away by himself, under a tree, by the stream, you know, like leaving and taking himself out of this situation and and we we often don't want to do that you know um we often are afraid to initiate that but like how vital and um, that act of stepping out is and stepping back is um because it just gets too loud um and if it gets too loud then we will listen to anything we will bend for everything um and and that's 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 where i think boundaries are super important and so it took a lot of, of stepping back, you know, and still kind of stepping back and learning how to then bridge, you know, that, that gap of, okay, now this is where we're at, you know, this is where you're at. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? Do, the, do our puzzle pieces fall in this place? And if so, um, how, you know, and communicating that. A lot of communication, a lot of awkward, you know, probably awkward conversations, um, a lot of uncomfortable moments and tension and not knowing for a little bit. Um, but then, you know, finding that pace and that rhythm differently because it definitely one of these, you have to remember it's not going to look like how it looked like. So you got to like shake that first and foremost, you got to grieve that first and foremost, um, and then look at the pieces you do have and assess, you know, now how does this fall together? Um, and what does that relationship look like? Yeah. Can we please validate the grieving process? Cause you just mentioned that mm-hmm. and you know, none of us know or knew what it was like. I think that was something I just texted you last week because I was just like, how come no one told us this is hard? This part is so difficult. You know, like the part where you have to say, hey, mom and dad, not mm-hmm. really on that opinion and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And then they're looking mm-hmm. at you crazy. Literally my parents would be like, what's going on? And I'd be like, nothing but growth. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to stick to your guns, sucks again. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and then you have to still go back into yourself. Yeah. Figure out what what serves you, what doesn't, and then walk back outside. And I'm like, Yeah. Hey, what's with all the inside out? It's just it's just a lot. So that yeah. to me, that grieving process of the good girl mentality, the good ghost syndrome, mm-hmm. the stories we held on that that served us for whatever time it did, or maybe didn't even serve us, maybe crippled yeah. us for so much longer than we thought. But Right. And I'd love to even hear about that for you and, the, and where the syndrome started feeling crippling and, and moments mm-hmm. like that. So I want to talk about that as well. But can you, can you give us some insight into the grieving process and, and kind of help yeah. us walk through that together? Because it's, it's not easy. And I want people to know, like, it is normal. You are in the right space. Yeah. It's okay that it's happening. Yeah. It, I mean, that grieving is, is gut-wrenching. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the five stages are are you know we talked about first the denial of it like no this is not happening you know like this is not this is not taking place and 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 knowing that it is um but you don't want you don't want it because it means things are changing and as much as we think we love to say and talk about change 
we probably like actually hate it, you know, like more than anything else. And so one, realizing that the grieving of things are changing, I'm changing, you know, the denial about that. And then the getting angry about it. Like I didn't ask for this, you know, I didn't ask for things to change. I didn't ask for, for me to change. You know, I didn't ask for these harder conversations, these weird decisions. I didn't ask for all this. And then you're angry, you know, and then you start bargaining. Well, maybe I can still be a little bit of this, you know, maybe this is still me, you know, like maybe, you know, maybe this relationship can still stay, you know, how it, how it stayed all the while you're like shifting and changing. So the dynamics of the relationship are going to shift and change anyway because the people involved in it are shifting and changing you know so then you start bargaining like maybe you know maybe this maybe that and then it's just like this weight of depression I can't I can't stop this right I can't I can't do anything about this is this is happening whether I want it to or not and I would even say it could have already been happening um, and you were doing a whole nother level of, of denial of bargaining, you know, layering underneath that um, as you pretend to that none of this was happening. And so then, you know, then the depression and the weight of, of everything shifting, yeah. you know, um, the grieving of how there were parts of that relationship, that life, that person that I did love, that I did admire, you know, that I did desire, that I did want, that I did, that I will miss, you know? Um, and then it's getting to this, I think there really is a space between the depression and, and the acceptance. I think, I don't know what, I don't know what word I would maybe a limbo you know I think there's a limbo in there yeah. I think there's a an, an exhale in there where you're just kind of sitting um with all of the Oof, all of the God. denial all of the aggression all all of the bargaining all of it. you're just like sitting there um and you're holding all of it and you're kind of asking yourself is this worth letting go of? Um, is this worth releasing? Is where I'm going and who I'm becoming and who will meet me there, is that worth all of this? And then, and then you reach acceptance and then you reach yes, you know? Um, and then you open the door and then you open the blind, you know, that then the acceptance comes. But I really do think there, there's a space in between that maybe has no language. Um, and, and then you step into that acceptance, you know, and then there's another wave of grief that probably will happen all over again, because that is just the flow, ebb and flow of life itself. But yeah, I think those are the stages that we find ourselves in for various things, you know, entering into a pandemic, um, the different shifts and changes that go, you know, and happen with us, our, our world, um, and the weight of racial injustice that just happens in waves and we go through the grief process two, three times in a day, you know, there are just, there's so much that we're carrying and then it gets to the point where we just 
we can't hold all of it anymore. And I think that's where the release of all the five stages of grief and stepping into acceptance really happens is when we realize like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this down now um, because the heaviness doesn't serve me um, because the weight of it is constricting from stepping forward, you know? And that's where life is, it's forward. Um, and so I don't remember the initial question. So I don't know how to wrap up my thought, but. Um, yeah. I, just, I mean, you answered it beautifully. I, I asked you to, to kind of walk us through the grieving, pro the grief process mm -hmm. and, and just yeah. validate it and, you know, shed some light on it. And wow, I, I'm a little lost for words because it is, that moment is truly it's so difficult guys and we really mm -hmm. because it's not always shared we really do feel alone in it we really do mm -hmm. feel like it's only me um i i don't exactly know what the male version of it is because i do believe there is one but as a woman as two women sharing our stories it can feel like you really start feeling like a totally different person mm -hmm. and it feels very scary and i also wanted to ask how did the good girl syndrome allow you to see other women and what mm. was that like because something i am confronting mm. and getting upset with is being groomed as a good girl teaches you to see other girls as bad girls and you're like yeah so trifling how are they <laughs> because they like know what they want like i'm you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and yeah bug me because i'm like you would hear I would specifically say in church environments and school environments, teachers and things like, you know, they'd be like, oh, they're so, she's so difficult. She's so this, she's so that. Mm -hmm. And you are internalizing because the plot has made. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The plot has been coming your way. Mm. internalizing well I guess that's how I shouldn't be mm -hmm. which really hinders yeah you becoming whatever you're becoming and so I just yeah. wondered, was that was there any part of that that you had to confront within your own journey yeah well I think what it elicits is this hierarchy you know like all this time I have been functioning as the better man, you know, um, as, as the, as the more man. Yeah. And then there's this humbling that happens when, when you, uh, when you deconstruct the good girl, there's this humbling that happens where you're just like, we are all trying to figure this out and how we do it is just as versatile and eclectic as we are as human beings ourselves, you know? Um, and, and it's very ostracizing. I think a lot of the, the work and the conditioning that it has gone into um, creating smallness within women and also causing us to, to separate ourselves from each other because there's this like certain electricity, there's this certain type of like energy, there's a certain type of presence by that got us put specifically in a woman and my favorite conferences to this day are women's conferences because there's like this immediate electricity that happens in the room and you're like what like what is this and right, right. And, and so i think a lot of the work of causing us to see 
them and her, you mm. know, as separate than us is all a part of keep keep the flames separate, <laughs> you know, keep the embers separate yeah. and away from each other. Because we, I think a lot of women, we do have the power to, to speak into um, and, 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 and to create life. That's literally why we exist, you know? So when we, when we tap into that ability to see another woman and to call something out of her, to push her towards freedom and not conditioning, to push her towards awareness of, of who she is and the lioness place inside of her, when we, you know, when, when, when we push each other towards our, towards the roar, if you will, that, that is disorienting. It is disorienting to systems. It is disorienting to, to conditioning it is disorienting to the boxes where it's like, no, 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 this is, this is where you exist. This is where you would say if any type of awareness of outside of that, we don't know what to do with that. We, we as an outside party don't know how to handle you then. Then you become difficult. Then you become bossy. Then, you know, then you become all the negative words, you know, whereas if it were a dude, it would be, oh, he takes the initiative. He's innovative, you know, like just that whole, you know, that whole conversation. And so there's a lot of that happens of just like keep them in their separate boxes, keep them looking at each other and thinking that she's more this, she's more this, she's less this, she's less that, wow. because there there's a orchestrating happening um, in keeping the embers separate, you know, um, because once there is a connection, there is a flame, you know, and as we can see in our world now, flames they they have the ability to wreck things um but they also have the ability to restore things um they also have the ability to uproot um to bring new life to clear out roots that are not healthy that are not necessary um and i think that is the power of of a woman you know and so when we sit in these spaces of like i'm doing everything right we discount the work that another woman is doing. We discount the fact that we're, we all could be doing this right um, in the way that we have been designed to execute that rightness, if you will. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think, I think there's something, I, I had, there was a conference earlier this year and I was just like really wrestling with the story of Adam and Eve. And I was just like, is it that the story has been she is the weakest person then why go for her first mm. like then why did everything then quote unquote unravel after that who is she to unravel life in an existence like that if if she is not then actually the most reckoning force and the most powerful source. Um, and so I've been really just like coming back to the conversation of Eve, you know, and, and, and the beginning woman. Yeah. Um, and is she actually more powerful than we have been um, told to, to believe? Um, and thus, are we then actually more powerful, capable, equipped than we are led to believe outside of a good girl there's so much more to us there's, you know than that yeah and um yeah 
how does now that you brought that up how does the deconstruction of the good girl syndrome or personality affect your relationship with your faith and mm -hmm. can you first talk about where you come from in faith and then and and then yeah well i grew up um more baptist like little non-denominated more pentecostal baptist um and then as i got older so like i said my dad became a pastor around my preteen years and we ended up settling at like a really old school traditional you know baptist church and i watched a lot of things in leadership where i was like i don't know <laughs> you know like about that like watching you know a 12 year old be able to preach from the pulpit and then a week later my mom had to preach from the floor you know because she's a woman you know so she can't of course she can't preach at the pulpit you know little things like that where i'm like huh is that you know is that so and so in deconstructing the conversation of the good girl i think it's 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 less about like it's it's been about breaking down a lot of the narratives you know like i said adam and eve and like did she wreck everything you know like is that that was what we were told you know but like what you know why is she that powerful you know like why are we not talking about that part of the story and 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 really just like dissecting is where where it's at just like dissecting everything because the narratives about women biblically and spiritually have just been all kinds of altered you know and all kinds of misinterpreted and usually spoken from males you know so i don't i don't know like i just know for me personally design wise i rarely go with a guy just because i'm like i have to explain too much mm. i have to make myself i'm feminine like my my aesthetic is feminine but then i get a result and it's like limited to and Claire's just like threw up you know in a design and I'm like no 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 but I go to a one and I give her like three different pointers and she sends me like six designs where I'm like all of that you know like <laughs> exactly so there's like there's like an understanding there's just an understanding and and a, and a connected a connectability that is naturally mm -hmm. in place so when I hear a woman speak or a woman to preach it just sits differently and it's not that I don't resonate with the men you know who who speak because i i do there are a lot of men who i who i highly respect and who i think have a lot of wisdom but it just sits differently yeah. you know when it's a yeah. woman and so but that hasn't we haven't really had a whole lot of that you know um in in the faith conversation um because of where women are, are are supposed to be you know how women are meant to show up in the world we can be in the nursery but like we can't really be on the main stage you know and if we are on the main stage then we get pregnant and then you never see her again you know like there's just too many there was like too many things where i'm like this doesn't sit right with yeah. me. you know like and is that okay i think i think the narrative of women has just been i don't think that's how god intended if if we are truly made in the image of god that means both of us are right. made in the image of god so why have we only been focusing on one image and that is where i really have just been like really trying to shake up a little bit i'm just like if i'm also created in the image of god then why is god only a he you know we know god is a father but also there's a reference to how god 
you know, nurtures um, and, and, and covers and holds like a mama holds. So, so where, how where does that, that part go, you know, and how yeah. does that fit in? And then ultimately you, you start asking yourself, how do I fit into the divine narrative? How do I fit into this story that we've heard for the past 30 years if I've only been told how I don't fit? or how I'm the prostitute, or how I'm the woman at the well, or you like, but you never talk about the fact that the gospel started because a woman was at the tomb to find Jesus. We don't, why don't we go Get that there, part. you know? Like, Literally, we like, skip two sentences, and then we just, mm. What happened? That's wow, what so, That's so she was there. there. And she told them, the men, and then the men told, but she told them, and so that's where it's just been like calling out there's like you know the movie hidden figures calling out the hidden figures yeah and a lot of the hidden figures in in faith and in spirituality have been women you know but never brought to the forefront you know never really brought to the main stage if you will and so i don't think that is how god intended it you know like i don't i i could be wrong could be right. I just, I just really don't think that's how it was intended to be. And in the discovery of this, in the, in the awareness of the hidden figures and really not just wrestling, but really being willing to open yourself up to completely different versions of who we are and intent are intended to be. How do, are those conversations you're having? Are you kind of having them more personally? I mean, we're having a conversation now, which I'm so grateful. Yeah, I think yeah, between like, the two of us, in. you know, like we've had conversations. I think this is definitely like, this is probably the most public so far conversation and maybe like one podcast <laughs> somewhere that I've had. But I think because like, I'm a really big believer on like, if I'm still doing the work, if I'm still doing the healing it takes me a minute before I feel like I can be like, here's my TED talk, you know, like, here's, <laughs> here's my TED talk, here's, here's my things that I've learned because I'm, I'm learning, you yeah. know, like, I'm, I'm in it, and so, um, I think the conversations have been just, like, very close people, which I actually am not the greatest at, you know, I'm always like, I want to talk to everyone, and I want to open myself up to strangers all the time, but but my spirit has been very discerning on on how I navigate through these conversations while also noticing it just like pop up like like wildflowers all over you know um and, and so I start to see it way more it's like when you have the car and you start seeing the car everywhere and that is happening you know and so but the conversations the intimate ones and um, the close ones have been with people who who are in the wrestling with me, you know, people who I also see are getting their hands a little dirty, and um, people who I also see are being ostracized yeah. from from their initial communities. Uh, those are the people I'm I'm really having the conversations with, um, and people who know me, because otherwise. I will, you know, just spill my 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 whole existence to everyone and. My husband, actually, he is really good at being like, you know, not everyone gets, you know, full pieces of you. Like, not everyone gets access to you all the time. And I was just like, why? You know, like, as a pastor's kid in ministry, you're like, Every, what, right. what do you need? I pick up all the time. I'm here all the time. And so 
really having to like protect a space, you know, from that, um, as to not burn out, as to not have, you know, nothing left to give, you know, as to, as to protect a certain part of you that is intimate and vulnerable and sacred and, and, and is not for everyone. And so, um, I think definitely just between our conversations and a few others, you know, in our, in our circle and a few other friends here and there, like, it's been a very, probably the most, not limited in a sense of like restricting, restricted, but more so just small. Um, It's a very uh, fun, the whole tribe thing, which I think we should really stop using that phrase um, for a lot of different reasons, but there's your circle. Oh, well, just, um, just like cultural appropriation, you know, that we just right. so naturally have ingrained right. Right. in our way of talking. And I, I had it in a poem actually the other day and it just, it felt gross, you know, to put that, I'm like, I don't, I don't know the actual heartbeat of a tribe, you know, like there are levels of Native American in my family but I don't have that direct sense of awareness and connectability. So I've been really intentional about like, ooh, you know, like that whole everybody, that was like such a cute little graphic, find your tribe or like find your, and I'm like, I don't, that's not our word to use. You know, like that's, I can't, that's not my word to use. So yeah, that in kimono, you know, like I'm just, there's just like a lot of different words. um, Yeah. These, yeah. these moments of like, so even yesterday uh, I posted something and I said, oh, this is my spirit animal. And my friend, res- my mm-hmm. sister responded and she's like, hey, so just learn that that actually yes. gets me what we thought it meant. And I was like, right. Oh, thank you for I'm the- taking it out. Absolutely. It's, it's, mm-hmm. and, and just that to me is a big part of that reckoning. Cause it's not, it's not, oh, we're being better. We're being so much more right. sensible. We're being so much more right. aware. We're being so much more loving truly and and having the thoughtfulness to say like oh that isn't something that is mine and i'm taking it from you genuinely that is what i'm doing regardless of you know i'm not taking it as oh i'm not a bad person or you see no i'm identifying that this is something that's yours and i want to celebrate that with you and not take it from Mm -hmm. you and so Mm -hmm. that is really cool that you mentioned that's really cool yeah Um, i just want to thank you so much for sharing that part because i know that we have had so many personal personal conversations through this and it Mm -hmm. is really special to know you're not in this alone and I just want you to know you've been a big part of really I mean you know I send you a voice I'll be like girl, girl. <laughs> well because there's something so there's so much solidarity in and realizing yeah. one you're not the only one yeah. to you know like I I say this I'm I, this whole conversation you know I'm I'm putting into a book in a sense um and and then the last phrase is like you're not crazy mm-hmm. you're unfolding you're blooming, you're expanding, insert whatever it is, you know, and, and so when we find that moment, it's like, oh, I'm not crazy, I'm not damaged, you know, like, I'm not, um, I'm not lost, you know, I'm not, and whatever word it is that you're carrying, and that that shame story shows up, you're not crazy, you're not this, you're not that, you are, you are unfolding, you are expanding, and here are people who are also recognizing it, um, at the same time as you, and there's just such a solidarity, and, and literally every conversation I, I know us, we personally have, I'm always like, same, I'm okay, I'm okay, yeah, especially during this time, I'm like, oh my gosh, the fact that we met a year ago, and 
It's just right? kind of not a year ago. So to meet in this yeah. space and to really see each other and it just means yeah. so much, girl. Like I'm definitely fighting back tears, people, because I'm, I'm mm-hmm. I, I appreciate this so much. I I want to ask you uh, two more questions before we wrap. Mm-hmm. One of them, both of them, actually, I, I can't wait to kind of hear where you take us, but how has also breaking down the good girl syndrome affected your relationship with your body? Mm. That's something that- Well, I mean, we you kind of pointed at it earlier when you talked about trusting ourselves. Can we trust ourselves? Mm-hmm. Deeper than that, we really couldn't have trusted our bodies. You know, like that was the pinnacle of what we've been told sentence, you know, was, was the female body. So how in the world could you trust something like that? Yeah. And so like I, I mentioned earlier, the healing and the returning, there's been this really gentle, like, I got to heal the narratives and, and, and the speaking overs that has happened to this body and, and to this home and to this skin um, that is holy, that is divine, you know, that is sacred and has been told is everything else but that. And then the returning, you know, back to, okay, this is, this is it. This is the skin I'm in. This is, this is the divine I get to live in. This is how I get to orchestrate and operate in the world and and all my essence that she's part of it you know and so it's been um a, a really like exhaling conversation you know of just like oh my gosh I'm so sorry <laughs> you know like one I'm so sorry I'm so so sorry and and two a lot of listening you know I never really thought about listening to my body before you know the last couple of years and it it changes how I show up in the in the day it changes the decisions I make food I eat, you know, while listening to my body. Um, and, and I, whenever people are like, oh, what's your morning routine or what's your, I'm like, really? She orchestrates that, you know, like if we wake up and she's like, we going back to sleep, we going back to sleep, you know, if we wake up and it's like, okay, we're working out, we're working out. And, and, and I listen to that, you know? And so it's been a very healing. It's, it's been a very returning conversation because I think there's been a lot of separating, you know, the, the operating out of the good girl syndrome, there's a differentiation, you know, that we are, we are, we are soul and yes, people, and then we are a body over here. And, and I've been, it's been a lot of mending. I'm just like, no, 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 no. This is all of me. This is all of me. This is included in the fullness of who I am and, and really coming back to that, um, which is, which you operate differently when you do that. You really do. Yeah. I love that. I love the listening because even, you know, truly we, we've medicated the parts of ourselves that we didn't understand. We're like, okay, well, I guess if I don't feel good, I'll just do Tylenol and still go. It's like, no, you don't feel good. You should stay, you know, or, oh, my body says to do this, but I'll do this because my, no, you're allowed to trust it because you're always like, why you, you know, truly, I love the apology. I haven't really said, I'm sorry, because I, I've been, trying to, I, my mind was telling me like, you're tripping, you're tripping or stop being so, you know, stop worrying so much. Okay. Just cause your leg hurts. It's because you did this versus your body saying, Hey, we're going to, we can heal together. Mind, Mm -hmm. body, soul, spirit. We can do that together. This is all together. So I just Mm -hmm. think that's really cool. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, really talking through that because that question came from what I believe is a big part of the syndrome of being a good girl Mm -hmm. is just, as you said, so beautifully, they're separate. And we, we, 
the evangelical world, the there's so many versions because I don't think it's just a church thing. I think it's also like a it's a society thing. But we we groom yeah. women to be holy, and then we groom men to just mm -hmm. be here. And I'm like, hey, what's up? What's up with that? What's up with the different grooming? Stop it! Right. Like you know? I'm pretty sure we all had temples, and I'm pretty sure you know we're all supposed to be set apart. So, so only mine gets set apart. How come? How come I'm over here? Are you killing I don't like it. I don't like it anymore. So, so that's a really, that's yeah. a thing. Um, before we wrap yeah. and guys, like, please like dive into Ariel's work. She is amazing. She is as you, I mean, this is nothing guys. This is, I'm, we got some, some beautiful ways to touch base with her and to kind of talk through this together, but she is really, I, I have already told you this, a leader in the healing generation. And I'm, I'm so excited mm -hmm. to partner with you in that and just be, beside you because it's it's means so much but before we wrap what is the last thing you forgave forgave yourself for for the first time oh that's a good one um the last thing i forgave myself for i think has to do with a lot of what you know we we were talking about i had to forgive myself for disappointing people um and yeah I, I had to forgive myself for unintentionally causing people what I didn't know was going to be pain for them me choosing myself um me saying yes to where I felt God was leading that's a different kind of weight you know it's disappointment is a different kind of punishment and I had to I had to forgive myself you know for for doing that unintentional or not i just thought that listening needed to happen and i think it's it might still be happening um but i think that was the most recent thing i could think of i just like you you have to forgive yourself for this um because one it's not something you're meant to carry you know two um it had a little less to do with you and a lot to do, you know, with the work that they're doing on their own and individually. And so, yeah, forgiving myself for, for not being a disappointment, right? There's a differentiation between that and disappointing people. Mm -hmm. um, you're not a disappointment. Um, and, and really reminding myself of that. Yeah. Deep breath, everybody, deep breath. Wow. That was awesome, girl. My gosh, that's so real. That's so real. Like you really, unfortunately, we have paired those together. You know, we hear disappointment versus yeah. disappointing. And that differentiator alone, I have prayed yeah. that heals and sets people free. I pray that's what I'm mm. at this moment. So that's, that's really, good. Um, is there anything else you want to share with us before we let you go? No, I would love to know your answer to that last one. Though. That was a good, that was a question. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you for asking. I think something, the last thing I forgave myself for was not trusting myself. Like I mm. really had to not be upset with the version of me that always felt like somebody else's opinion was better than mine. Not that I... Like it was mm -hmm. for validation purposes. It was for like, um, 
just feeling like somebody may be smarter than me or more experienced than me or, you know, all feeling like the listening couldn't just be with me. That was Mm -hmm. really tough. That's something I still go back through that process of of the forgiveness with that. And and every decision, remind myself that you don't have to be here anymore, that you are allowed to trust yourself. But I would definitely say that's something that Mm -hmm. I had to really forgive myself for just to believe I wasn't worthy to trust myself and only myself. And that is okay. And that is possible. You are so equipped. And so that is definitely the thing that I'm moving on from, moving away from, and truly not trying to go back to. (laughs) Yes. You can stay back there. You can stay (laughs) back there. (laughs) We had a good time. Time we had. Goodbye. We're done. Yeah. Oh, so good. Thanks for listening to the Human to Human podcast and this episode featuring a conversation with Ariel. If you enjoyed this episode, which I really hope you did, because I'm I'm re-listening to it and I'm like, what? Anyway, anyway, subscribe, rate, leave a review, and while you're at it, share this with someone you love or just someone you like, as long as you share it. Your feedback is appreciated and your thoughts are valued. Stay connected between episodes at stacyag.com slash human human, where I'll be answering this episode's reflection question. You can also connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at one take Stace. I'm your host, Stacey Ike. And remember, we are not what we do. We are who we choose to be. So let's be curious. Let's be in community, be love, be support, and be real together. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.